You're listening to The View From Up Here, an equipping podcast by Viewpoint Leadership and Development. Our vision is to cultivate a change in the way the world views leadership and development. And our mission is to foster better leaders through a modern approach while developing individuals into their true selves. My name's Brad Walbridge, your host for our time together. And joining me in our conversations is our president and founder, Josh Trout, and our COO, Joel Archery. Welcome in to the View From Up Here podcast. I want to welcome our viewers, our listeners. Brad Walbridge joined by Joel Archery and Josh Trout. We're also joined. We have the privilege of having Mayor Rick Danner from the city of Greer, South Carolina. Uh, just realized, I've heard people talk about it, but um, I didn't realize it was this significant. Greer is on the list. I don't know what number, but on the list of one of the top places to relocate to in the country. Is that true? It is. Yeah. And uh, good I morning, gentlemen. Yeah. 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 Welcome. Um, interestingly enough, we keep popping up on all sorts of lists. And uh, <laughs> good lists. Good, good lists. Yeah. Yeah. Good lists. We'll watch lists right but, now. Uh, <laughs> in migration is certainly one of those, uh, those lists that we're showing up on on a regular basis. We've been on the list of one of the fastest growing cities in South Carolina for probably the last seven, eight, nine, maybe 10 years. Uh, but uh, this is this is fairly new in terms of net in migration. We are we are seeing a lot of folks from all over the country. I, I think they find the upstate. Um, certainly, those kinds of lists include Greenville and sometimes Spartanburg. Sure. Um, the story that I hear over and over again is from those people that that live in other parts of the country and are job seekers and or trailing parents, trailing grandparents, uh, following family, just looking for a new view. Um, In society today, they may pick three or four regions they want to visit. You know, they'll land in Greenville or drive to Greenville and spend three or four days long weekend there, right around. They'll see Traveler's Rest, they'll see Greer, Malden, Simpsonville, Greenville, Um, compare it against some of the others, and inevitably we see a lot of those folks wind back up in the upstate, and uh, a lot of them reside in Greer. Yeah. That's awesome. I was one of them, so. (laughs) You're one of them. Both of us. (laughs) And you've been mayor for, is it close to 25 years? Uh, We're getting there. I was elected in 99 and took office in 2000, so starting the 23rd year. You survived Y2K. Well. Well, <laughs> sort of, yeah. Uh, ish. 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 Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it, um, it started in 2000. And, what, and, and Greer was a different place, quite honestly, than it is now well, sure. in 2000. E- even 10 years ago when, or 11 years ago, whenever I came here, it's a different place. Yeah. And it's been amazing just the last handful of years, the, the change that we've seen. What, what made you say, all right, I want to take this step into public office? Were, were you in public office before? Or was the role of mayor, was that your first step into it? I, I plunged in the deep end of the pool. That okay. was uh, my first foray into politics. Okay. Um, it, it, it's, a, it's a bit of a story, but I, but I think it's one that's, that's worth sharing. And um, I'm, I'm at an age now where looking back, uh, my, my vision has sharpened to 2020, <laughs> you know, um, it, it, and if, if I look at in my life in a, in, in a whole sort of holistic manner, uh, it's it's easier to see now how I got to where I am. And 
I'm the oldest of five children. And um, I think part of my leadership came from that role, but it certainly was horned <laughs> through the years, um, gravitating towards leadership positions in whatever I was involved in. Mm-hmm. If it was Boy Scouts, if it was the church, if it was mm-hmm. school, if it was the YMCA, I just seemed to gravitate towards those types of positions. And that followed me through life. So even as, as, as I graduated from college and went into business in, in the Greer area, um, mentored with some of the folks from the chamber and others, um, worked with the Baptist Association while I was while I was there. It, it just I, I sort of floated mm-hmm. to the top, mm-hmm. and um, a relationship with a, a couple of gentlemen in the Greer area that were serving really as sort of business and personal mentors to me. Uh, planted the seed when they realized that the mayor from 92 to, to, to 2000 was, was going to not run for another term. Um, mm-hmm. They planted the seed, and um, I decided to run a, a very tough race against a local businessman, and uh, the rest has been history, I guess, as they say. Yeah. Um, wow. But it was, it was a love for the community as well, too. I, my, my youngest son was involved in a uh, a serious accident at the end of our street. We live in downtown Greer, and um, he was he was going to a parade on one of the main streets there. It was the opening of baseball season, so he was you know eight or nine years old. And uh, um, in his haste to get to the other side of the street and catch up with some of his buddies and stuff, stepped out in front of a vehicle and, oh, and was was seriously injured. And mm-hmm. um, uh, the the period of time of his recuperation uh, re- recuperation um, solidified my love for the city of Greer because mm-hmm. once he got home from the hospital after he spent a, a period of time in the hospital, I remember the first morning that I got up that he was home, um, as as I traditionally did, I went out to get the newspaper, but. This morning was different because the minute I opened the door to my front porch, it was covered in casseroles and candy Mm. and food and baseball uniforms and signed baseballs and signed gloves, signed bats. And it was at that that point that I said, I owe – Wow. something to this story. community. Wow. This is, this is, I live here for a reason. Uh-huh. And, my lo- and my wife was a lifelong resident. She'd been telling me all along what a great place it was, but it was just like, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Stamp wow. it. it wow. Is, is that what has led to, you know, 20 plus years in the role? Did you ever imagine that you would still be doing this at, at this point? Or, I mean, has it flown by or has it, has it been... Twenty something years, and you feel every bit of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I hate—I almost hate to say it—but there was never this grand plan. Yeah. You know, I didn't. I probably was overtly naive to running for mayor. Mm -hmm. This whole idea about why don't you run for mayor was like, yeah, uh, that—that sounds like a good way to to practice public service and to extend my leadership skills and that sort of thing. But I realized very quickly after having been elected that 
there's a lot more to it than you think. And, yeah. and, and, I, and I suspect a lot of us have, have sort of had those kinds of awakenings in our lives, you know, mm-hmm. what, what turned out to be, you know, what, what was a good idea in the beginning turned out to be maybe more than we thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, I realized in that first year that I was mayor that as a self-employed person that this was really going to be hard to, to, to juggle. And, and we were in some very difficult financial straits at that point in town as a town. Mm-hmm. Uh, that things were not well. And um, I was very fortunate to be able to, to sell a business that I had and to, to transition into a community <clears throat> position through a local bank and uh, to, to be able to work with the community. Um, and, and the question about whether or not there was a, you know, there, there was this vision of long-term service, I don't know that there was, but as long as I felt like I, or as long as I feel like I'm able to continue to make a difference for our town and our city, and I enjoy it, and I'm healthy, and honestly, my wife will let me, (laughs) um, because it's very time-consuming in a lot of regards. Um, It's just, yes, it's flown by in a lot of regards, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I am getting to the point that I've got to make some decisions. Uh, My next term will will end at the end of uh, next year. And so I've got to decide if I'm going to run again this coming year mm-hmm. uh, for mayor, which I um, intend to do, uh, which will be another four years. Uh, but I'll, I'll have to make some decisions in that period of time about whether or not I want to continue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you look back to the, the first few years, I'm thinking of, as you were saying, Greer was in a very different place um, financially, the infrastructure, businesses, all of that, people moving to the area, none of that is happening at that time the way that it is now. Those first few years, you step into that role. What does it look like to build relational capital with members of the community, with businesses who, who don't really see you the way that they see you today and have the trust that they have today? How do you start building that relational capital with people? Where you, I mean, you're le- you have a staff that you lead, but then there's people you're responsible for yeah. that you're leading who don't necessarily work for you, <laughs> and are not just going to do what you say. Yeah, and, and and that's the interesting thing about leadership in a political environment. Yeah. Um, fortunately, in most smaller cities in South Carolina, it, it's it's nonpartisan, so mm. I don't have to declare a party. Um, in, in, in the race. And I think that was intentional by design when home rule came about in the very early 70s because we had come from an environment where counties had had, had supply bills and it, it was doled out to the different cities and that sort of thing. And this was to help with some of the, the issues that had happened in the past. And so one of the things that I think has helped me and in, in, in a lot of other sort of small town mayors has been that uh, you get to demonstrate that you've got the best interest of mm. the city mm. at heart rather than an ideology or a party or <clears throat> yeah. that kind of thing. Okay. And and we had gone through sort of a rough spell uh, as a community there in the in the late nineties. I, I, I think there was um, I think there was some vision that the the coming of the BMW plant and some other big announcements that happened you know, in the late 80s, early 90s, and certainly through the 90s, that it was going to be the 
the cure-all sort mm. of for all of the issues mm-hmm. that had had happened, particularly during that time where a lot of other southern cities and cities across the nation is textiles mm-hmm. offshored and a lot of the other businesses left. And, and we're, we were and still are in some regards a textile community. Um, it, it, the bottom dropped out for a lot mm-hmm. of those communities. And I think we thought, you know, that the, the, the BMW announcement and some others were going to, you know, we completely change things around. And, and while it certainly helped, and, and we never can discount the, the impact that it had, it was a bit of a slow slog. And, and, and at one point in time, you know, we had the city, we had the chamber, we had the Commission of Public Works, and sort of everybody was doing their own thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a group of people that realized that if we're really going to make this happen, we're all going to have to at least march in the same direction. Yeah. And there was, a, there was a plan and a public-private effort that came from that that had a vision for where we wanted to go. And um, were it not for a little bit of a slow start um, due to paralysis by analysis, mm. if you if you know mm. what oh, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> once we got off the ground, um, it, it, it helped move us in the right direction. Yeah. Josh, you've had a lot of interaction with, with Rick and, yeah. and just working in the community and, and doing various things. What what has your impression been of of Greer and and the work that he has done and people yeah. you've interacted with? Tell us more yeah. about that. You know, so I, I moved here from Pennsylvania, so uh, I'm a northerner and you know, I say y'all now, so hopefully that makes me somewhat southern. <laughs> we're, we're grafting. I used to be Yinzers, but now we're uh, I'm from uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, so Yins. So uh, no, but you know what what's quite amazing is it just seems like everything Greer does is just right. I think that is the, not everybody will probably agree with me on that, but as, as an outsider looking in and being here and coming from um, Pennsylvania, which my, myself and my family were very involved in our, our local town. And um, you know, I was very interested in politics myself and I saw how things were happening in Pennsylvania to coming to Greer, you just do it right. You know, whether it's you or it's, it's whatever portion of Greer. Um, and I love, how everything is just surrounded by community. I think, and I, I love what you just said, you know, I think when you bring politics into it and parties, it just tarnishes a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, not having that in there and you're coming in as one community and getting buy-in, you're gonna have people that aren't always gonna agree. We know that, right? But um, I just think it's amazing that, you know, going down there for, we were just talking about the uh, uh, Christmas tree lighting, and just seeing the amount of people mm-hmm. that show up for that and the smiles on their faces and then the, the professionalism of your, your local police department, which is top notch, and your fire department and EMS and, you know, the local churches. And it's just done right. And you, it's, you just don't see that that often, you know. And coming from the north, I'm not trying to badmouth the north, no. you just don't see that. Mm-hmm. You don't, you know, because the sense of community just doesn't exist. Yeah. It doesn't, which was one of the main attractions to come here. And you're right. I came down here for Greenville and I said, whoa, look at Greer. This place is awesome. Mm -hmm. It's a real life Hallmark movie. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, to the point of now you're literally filming movies in town. Seriously. Seriously. Um, So it's quite amazing. And um, I think that's why I wanted to meet you when we first met because to do that in a community as big as the community is, Mm. 
to do things the right way, but yet to have the community so tight, someone at the top is doing something right. Mm. And that, that I applaud you for that. And I know it's not just you, oh, no. but, but it, you have to have a leader leading yeah. all those people. So that, that's what attracted me to, to Greer. When you to, say yeah. doing things the right way, it makes me think about Moncaster Financial Group doing things the right way. Great friend of the show. Also, Synergy Coffee always does things the right way. Yeah, that's right. Nice plug. <laughs> I do it again. <laughs> Rick, when you think about some of the, the key turning points along the way over you know 20 plus years that you've been at the helm, and, and as Josh was saying, a lot of people involved in the process and um, people that work you know professionally for the city and around it, uh, but also just volunteers and, and people are just very passionate about their community. Can you think of a couple of key turning points that stand out to you that if those things don't happen, Greer's not where it is today? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, there's, there, there's markers all along the way. And I want to follow up on one thing you just said a minute ago. We're, 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 we're unapologetic about the fact that we are a small southern community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that authenticity is what has been the glue that has stuck us together hmm, through, see it. through all it. of this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we're, we're a town that has a real heritage of a faith background, mm-hmm. of a high school football background, mm-hmm. of a family background, mm-hmm. even around the mills, the, the, the camaraderie that came from those folks that lived in those communities and worked together and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And I think it's for lack of a better word, just kind of in our DNA. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. I, I think that's what's what's brought us together, kept us with a vision of the future, and um, we, we still stand on that mm-hmm. today. And, 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 th- and then it goes on to these markers that I was just talking about because from coming, from being elected, you know, and, and taking office the first of the year and then realizing within two weeks that that we were going to have to borrow money to make the payroll kind mm-hmm. of thing to where we are now comes from number one vision mm-hmm. and number two planning and number three having the right people in mm. place to do it and, yeah. and and that's that's what's got us to where we are part of that original plan that was done in 98 and, and then began to be implemented in 2000 was a long-term plan that we had engaged the community and the private sector in and also brought in some consultants to help us with, um, identified a number of different things. But one of the things that they identified was that part of the issue that we were having at the time was, even though we were small at that point in time, we, we weren't, we didn't have, we didn't have a city hall that people said, well, that's the city hall mm. or that's the place mm-hmm. you go to, to do right. business with the city. Sure. And we had, you know, we had fire in one place, police in another place. City hall was in an old post office. We had, we, we were probably renting seven, eight, 10 buildings at the time mm. just to have the different departments in and all that, all that sort of thing. And so our, our council said, okay, let's, let's figure out what we want to do. This is what I really like about our council and our community. It took us seven years from that point in time to where we were ready to move into a building mm-hmm. to make sure that we did it right, 
that we were going to be able to pay for it, and it was what we wanted, yeah, and it was going to be workable mm-hmm. for the next 50 to 75 years. Mm, sure. And in our case, it was a vision of a building that would serve the public in more ways than one. It was not going to be a Taj Mahal. In fact, the design of the building is intentional to look like a textile mill. It's It's got a tower on one end with a mm-hmm. clock. It's brick. It's got large mm-hmm. windows, wooden staircases, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. And in the whole second floor of the building is public space. I don't know that you've ever been in there, but you can open it up into three different rooms. You can open it up into two rooms. You can open the whole thing up into one room. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a rental venue as well, too. Mm-hmm. It's, it, the public owns that portion of the building Um, and and, and so we surrounded it with a 12-acre park and an amphitheater so that we created a sense of place that was Mm -hmm. instant Mm -hmm. and uh, the credit goes to our council and to to the leadership in the community because we were talking about when when we decided we were going to do it where were we going to do it And there was, a, there was a push among some of our community that it needed to be on Highway 29 because obviously that's where all the traffic is and that's where people would be driving the most. And, and our council and, and part of our community said, no, this is a downtown entity. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and they were absolutely correct, uh, particularly with the park, uh, because it is, it, it's, it's the anchor to oh, our yeah. downtown now. And, oh, yeah. and for us to say... This is the heart of our mm-hmm. city, and if our if our downtown is going to be the actual heart of it, this is part of the yeah. heart of the city. And I think that was that was one of the things. And it's that, a spectacular park for those of you yeah. who have never oh, been yeah. to Greer. Uh, you have to stop at the park. Now we're going to have a bunch of people moving. Well, because, you can yeah. see it too. I mean, <laughs> All because you know, of from it. the Greer. The I lo- what I love just listening to everything you say, and we were talking about it with our last guest Jay is intention, but to have intention that then leads to a positive legacy. There has to be humility and grace and integrity behind the intention. And everything you've said, everything that we've seen, even just in what you're talking about with the location of City Hall and the park, like there's integrity. There doesn't feel like it's jostling for, you know, I'm more important than the other person Mm. or, you know, Greenville versus Greer. It's like, it's all about how can we as a rising tide raise all the ships and it just and that's what has always drawn me towards Greer as someone who's a plant down here too like mm-hmm. like when my wife and I are looking at where are we going to go when we eventually actually buy a house it's well we want to as best as possible stay in Greer if we have to it's almost mm-hmm. like we have to we yeah. can't think of any other location because Greer is the best place to live mm-hmm. you're, you're just, I'll yeah. agree I mean <laughs> you're not going to get any very, argument very on this there. end you know yeah. uh, it, We've had a couple of others uh, through the years, but none, I, I, you know, the, the city hall and park was was the anchor and part of that heart that I keep talking about. The mm-hmm. The other one, without a doubt, is the streetscape project that we yeah. did yeah. Um, in, in 2000 and not started in 2019 and, and, and finished in 21. Um, intentional by design. This was a project that started out as a good, simple idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were just going to repave the street. Add <laughs> <laughs> a little lights on oh, the top. Oh yeah. yeah, well we nice. were going to you know plant a few new trees, <laughs> you know, put it, you know, fix some cracked <laughs> sidewalks and repave the street. 
It seems it, like it grew into something more. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. It's, it's just one little. of those things like renovating your house. You know, uh, yeah. you're just going to do the bathroom or you're just going to do the kitchen and five rooms later you're finishing up. Yeah, it, we were going to repave the street and, and the public service, uh, the, the, the folks over at the Commission of Public Works said, hey, listen, you know, we've got sewer and water under Trade Street that's going on 100 years old. Um, if y'all are going to repave the street, how about let us get in there first and mm -hmm. put in all new pipes and we'll do all the infrastructure, we'll drop the electric and underground, you know, that kind of thing. And it was like, well, okay. You know, and then then we said, well, you know, if they're going to do that, we're going to need to do some new bump outs for outdoor dining. And why don't we change the landscape and while we're at it? Okay, yeah, we can we can do that. And then we said, well, why don't, you know, why don't we do something that's a little different than anybody else has got, you know? And what's that look like? And we engaged in with some folks that we had had do some consultation work for us, mm -hmm. and they said, "Well, you know, let us show you some things in different places in the country and in the world that have worked." And um, next thing you know, we were in a two-year, fifteen million dollar project on three blocks of our downtown. That and, and and this is one of the things I'm most proud of was, for all intents and purposes, a year and a half, almost two years of construction. Mm -hmm. Nobody during that project was without the use of their front door more than 72 hours during that whole project. Wow. I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> A lot of them had back doors and had to utilize those in some cases, but we literally worked with our contractors and said, this is going to be a fully functional working area while y'all do yeah. this work. Yeah. And if you've ever seen it, it's a solid surface from mm. building face to building face. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what we did was we took an auto-centric downtown street and we flipped it into a pedestrian-centric street mm -hmm. that kept two-way traffic and parallel parking mm -hmm plus widen to the sidewalks enough to have outdoor dining. It's ma uh, I mean, masterful it, it, what it, you did. It, Can I walk in the street, though? Am I like, Since it's pedestrian. <laughs> Go and try it. It, it depends on what vehicle is <laughs> going by and whether they let you. That's true. Yeah. That's it. Well, that's all actually part of the design because what we did, we're in a, we're in a turn of the century, classic, neoclassic southern downtown. Right. Whole downtown was built somewhere between the 1900s and 1930s for the most part. If you look, all the bricks the same, all the designs mm -hmm. the same. There's not a building down there over three stories. It's got this just fairy tale kind of charm about it. It's mm -hmm. intact. There are no missing buildings. Mm -hmm. um, but it had that limitation of the fact that building face to building face, you were only about 60 feet. So you had these five-foot-wide sidewalks. Mm -hmm. You had a parallel parking space you had two you had two traffic lanes in there and so there really wasn't any room to do anything and by taking it completely out and going back with this what's called a solid surface in this case brick you you take your two driving lanes and you narrow them down to the absolute minimum mm -hmm. 11 feet or something yeah your truck barely fits yeah, yeah. uh which causes traffic to intentionally slow, slow down yeah. mm -hmm. but it gives some still the room to parallel park mm -hmm. but it also allows you to take your sidewalk from five feet to ten feet mm -hmm. and now you feel more comfortable walking down there because True. the traffic's slower right. and people are more intentional about it and what we have found is the idea was to make it a pedestrian-centric 
But even beyond that, to your point, and we still laugh about it, people go shopping in one store, they come out on the sidewalk, they look down up the street, mm-hmm. and, and somebody in the group says, oh, I'd love to go to that dress shop right mm-hmm. there across the street. Well, they're not going to walk to the corner to go to the right, dress yeah. shop. You're going straight, <laughs> straight across. across. Right. Um, and, 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 you know, that's not intentional by design, but it happens because people feel so comfortable yeah. in the environment. Yeah. If you can hit on to something I really loved about the, the, the plan was there's, there's no um, curbs. And I know one of the reasons, if I'm correct, was because of this thing called Don on Trade. Can you share about that? I mean, because I, I think, how, where did that come from? Because I enjoy it. I love going to Donald Trade. Yeah. Um, the, the, the design is, is not unique because if you've been to Italy or France or Germany, yeah. you'll see the same example that dates back to 1600. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's where they had the cobblestone streets that were flat across. Mm-hmm. Um, over time, they turned into brick streets that are flat across. The whole idea was that we enhance the pedestrian experience, but we also now have the ability to use the street for functions. Mm. Um, plus, it, 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 it also now becomes a handicap barrier-free environment yeah. as yeah. well, yeah. too. Yeah. So the idea was that we can now take any one individual block of that street and block it off for a special event, two blocks or the entire three. And it also allows people to move sort of Mm -hmm. freely in that area without closing it off. One of the real travesties, I think, are, are cities that have tried and mostly unsuccessfully where they take a main street and they close it off and try and create a mall environment. Yeah. And um, Memphis, I, you know, and I'm not throwing down on Memphis, but uh, they did that with a portion of their downtown, and it, it essentially killed it. It just didn't work. But mm. for us, and particularly leaving the traffic in there, it, it's, it's, it's turned downtown into a regional, if not national, destination. And I I want to make one point because we've talked about generational aspects of leadership and impact. And what was interesting is uh, because now you have Instagrams for Greer. Like there's, I think it's What's Up Greer, Greer Tidbits, like this this kid who's Mm -hmm. now like all about showing Greer. Mm -hmm. And you had no idea because social media didn't exist when you came up, you know, at 20 years ago, you're like, I want to help. I have a heart for this place. Let's revitalize. Let's do all this. You didn't know that 20 years down the road, five years down the road, someone on social media would make it their passion Mm. to promote this place of Greer. But I think it's just, once again, it's a testament to the integrity and and intention that you use and that you lived with as you led in your position as mayor that it's, you know, we don't always have to think like, so we talked with Jay, it's, we don't always have to think, how can we impact the younger generation? It's live with integrity, lead with integrity. And then those who respond to that in kind will do we'll so, and it will happen. You, yep. you don't have to have an agenda towards that. And what's so been beautiful, it's the same thing for all you guys who are listening. If you lead like that, the younger generation who are receptive to that, who are the people you want to be receptive to that, mm-hmm. they will be receptive. They will then react and live as a result and will promote what you are wanting them to promote. And yeah. just like... This has happened. This yeah. person, you didn't say, "Hey, can you find someone to do the Instagram for us? It'd be really great." This kid just took it upon himself, and it's yeah. become a thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and and the thing that we have come to realize is 
that vision and that planning and that execution has paid off in more ways than just convenience. Right. Um, we have developed, the city has developed this niche now for uh, being a place to have weddings. It, it, it's created its, its own mm-hmm. industry downtown. So we now have two, three, four professional photographers that are housed downtown. We have probably four to six private venues downtown for events and functions. We now have our our first, uh, you know, full, full-on full wedding dress shop downtown where we've had support kind of businesses. We've, it, and, and it just, it, it snowballed because of the number of weddings that we were having yep. downtown and, and the people that mm-hmm. on social media were showing their wedding or their event or whatever. And it's, um, you know, it, it's created something that we may not originally have thought about, right, right? Yeah. Yeah. but has come about because yeah. of, of what we've done. Well, we're an example of that. So if you go on our website. That's true. We you know, our pictures. All of our photos, our headshots, our live photos and stuff like that were all done in downtown Greer because there was no better landscape, we felt. Not oh, yeah. when we're housed at Greer, but it was yeah. just something that we loved to, to have as a backdrop because it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Rick, all these things that we are just <clears throat> loving, uh, loving about Greer – um, I'm imagining you got no pushback over the years on <laughs> any of these projects. Is that true? Any pushback? Well, what's, what's the old saying about the turtle? I mean, he doesn't get anywhere until he sticks his neck out. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, yeah. man, you've got to be take, you got to, you've got to be willing to, to take some chances. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's any business. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's life. Um, and, and there are going to be people that are going to be the doubters and there are going to be the people that are going to be the haters and, and, and all that sort of thing. I think, though, that through commitment and certainly success, mm-hmm. that people are less resistant in some regards to change, particularly when you're talking about doing the kinds of things that we have done. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, th- I think you, you can build that trust in some regards. Yeah. Now, nevertheless, there are, there are going to be the naysayers. And one of the things that we have run into, uh, and I think any growing city probably mm-hmm. would, is that there are going to be some of the folks that remember the good old days mm-hmm. in some regard. And nothing's going to ever be better than Mm. it was in 1957 when the streets were packed with people shopping and there was, you know, eight barbershops on the street (laughs) and that sort of thing, you know. Um, But um, I I think you build your credibility, you know, Mm. through through the projects that you do and certainly the successful projects that you do. And uh, our community has embraced what we have done so far, and um, it, it's it's easier to do now that we've got some experience under our belt and some some really good projects under our belt. But uh, in a community growing as fast as we are, um, the number one thing that we will deal with now and in the future is is going to be growth and the issues that that come with that in some mm. regard. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. When when you think about. The, the fact that all this time, all this energy has gone into planning the various things that have happened in, in the city over the years, and you engage someone or a group of people who are level-headed, they're not screaming at the top of their lungs crazy, they bring some good opposing arguments or concerns about what you're doing. As a leader, 
how do you engage that well where you might not come out at the other end with them agreeing mm. and, and being supporters, but how do you engage that well as a leader with integrity? Well, it, it, you have to, and it's critical. There's an old saying, the, the wheels of government turn slow for a reason. Mm. I, and I think the reason is unlike, you know, our, our structure is very similar to a private business. The, the, the council serves as, a, as sort of the board of directors, mm. and you, you have an administrator who is the CEO and in the you know, the board or the, the council sets the directives, the CEO's in charge of the staff. So that sort of pyramidal design is, is not different. The way we go about it is entirely different mm -hmm. because with a private company, decisions are made and action is taken typically fairly quickly in that environment and it is a closed group of people that make that decision. Right. With the council, you've, you've got, in our case, six members of council from single-member districts and myself. So seven people that are making decisions based on representing their individual districts and, and then a staff to deal with as well, too. Mm -hmm. The other thing is in government, we don't have unrestricted access to funding like a, a, a company might have to, to put something in place and to see it through. So these projects that we've been talking about, the timeline on those is anywhere from two, three, four, five years to seven or eight years. Mm -hmm. um, my ability to have several of these under the belt comes from longevity and that's the only reason. I, mm -hmm. you know, it takes us that amount of time to, to, to get these lined up and so um, you know, I, 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 I think that hearing folks out and understanding what, you know, their issues and, 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 and their problems are sometimes is beneficial because oftentimes it's not as much to the project as it is to a philosophy or a reason mm -hmm. or something else that, yeah. that they're bothered about, you know. Yeah. Well, it's going to raise my taxes. No, not necessarily. It's not going to raise your taxes or, you know, whatever. And, and there's a lot of that you can address. Sure. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts that you guys have as we wrap up our time with Rick? I just, I'm, I'm blown away. I keep trying to say, like, I'm going to take notes when to clip things. <laughs> and I'm just literally enthralled with everything he's talking about. Yeah, I yeah. think I have one question. You know, I yeah. think as a leader, making a very big decision can be difficult at times, right? So when I sit there and think about, Greer's known for its beautiful community and, and all those things we've talked about. But you had this monster business that came from overseas and decided to land inside of Greer, which is known as BMW. How dare they? You know, <laughs> which is great. I mean, it was, it's a great thing. Great cars. And, and, we would love them to be yeah, sponsors yeah. of the show. I'll take an MA at any time. Alpina, baby. But, you know, it, I'm sure it was very small compared to what it is today. I mean, just since I've been here in the two years, you're, you're seeing it's just blowing up how was that you know leading that process from the city perspective with this monster company coming in i'm just interested to see how you had to, to kind of navigate those waters it's 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 interesting because the bmw plan is not inside the city of greer mm -hmm. um there was there was arrangements made obviously at the state level and mm -hmm. in county level about taxing entities and all those mm -hmm. sorts of things. So 
by design, it's it's not inside the city. Okay. Neither is the airport, and, and and we hadn't even touched on some of the things around Greer that I think make it so successful oh, in, yeah. in the in the international Beautiful airport. airport. Is part of we, that. Yeah. we just need to have you on again. Yeah. So we can talk. Yeah, yeah, we will. Uh, yeah, we can do that. I eighty five and twenty six. Uh, the inland port. People have Huge. no idea. I still about. don't understand that. Yeah. I do need you to explain it, that to me. I don't know what that, the inland port that, is. That that entity is I don't understand. is probably going to change the upstate more than anything else, even but potentially as much as BMW. Um, wow. Well. None of those are, are are literally in the city. So while I have interaction with with those folks and in 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 that sort of thing. Me and the council are focused on the city mm-hmm. and, and, and the role we play mm-hmm. and those things that we can control because a lot of that other stuff is mm-hmm. just okay. out of our purview. Okay. I think the thing for me is that when we get to those inflection points and those decision times mm-hmm. is I represent – I'm the only elected official mm-hmm. that represents the city as a whole. So those 45,000, maybe close to 50,000 people now, regardless of who you are, mm-hmm. my decision reflects their best interest. Mm. And while I may have my largest contributor in my ear telling me that he or she would like it done this way or that... The guy that owns the big company out here needs this done. Listen, I would like to give you this if you could just listen for one second. <laughs> just listen to me. At the end of the day, I've I've got to be comfortable that the decision I made was in the best interest of that community. That makes it. sense. That's, That's awesome. Thank I you. did have one Thanks question. Sure. You're an avid gardener. Is there a specific brand of tools you use for your gardening? Ooh. Or are you like, oh, mixed bag, deep. I don't care. You have a green thumb. You said it yourself. You <laughs> yeah. stripe I mean, your grass Ryobi's a certain way. down the road, right? So, yeah. Right. So, what tools do you only use? Uh, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm not a brand guy necessarily. I, like a true I, politician. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll buy to what you know what I need. My biggest dilemma right now is when do I make the leap to the battery stuff? Because mm. I'm still an old gas guy. And the battery stuff quality yeah. has caught up. It, it I've, my, I've got a nephew that's um, that's a builder, and uh, he's, a, he's a Makita man, and he's on me all the time about Makita and their electric stuff. Um, I've got I've to make that change at some point in time, but... It's tough. Uh, it's it tough. It's tough. Because there's tough. something about the smell, yeah. too. Gasoline. Yes. And yeah, you know, yeah, that's true. Uh, gas hedge trippers are, you know, mm-hmm. it's just something like having those in your hand. And, yeah. You know, whipping through <laughs> some big, tall bushes. That, yeah. You know, I yeah. wonder if I get the same charge from as I would from my <laughs> quiet as a mouse, you know, yeah, electric no, not hedge clippers. Uh, good stuff. No. So, so you handle all the landscaping? Yeah, my neighbor. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, my neighbors would appreciate it. So do you handle all the landscaping for downtown Greer? Uh, no. Just uh, see I'll, you out there? I'll throw a good idea out every now and then. But yeah, Just no, see Rick out there with his head He's just walking around. I appreciate what our staff does. That's a dedicated I appreciate what our staff does. And I will say this. We hadn't talked about it. 
We have got the absolute best staff anywhere yeah. in South Carolina. Absolutely. I will put I will put our employees up against anybody in the world. Wow. Yeah. And I, I'm going to tell you, we've had two or three police officers retire here during the change mm-hmm. at the end of the year. We had a group of guys that all started about 25 years ago, 30 years ago. Um, every one of them, salt of the earth. Hmm. It's been amazing watching these these retirement receptions that we've been having because these guys have touched so many people through the community and have done so much for our community. Um, we'll have 150, 200 people show up for a That's retirement amazing. for a police wow. officer. Yeah. Oh, it's a class and, act department. And, it really and, is. And um, when you get that kind of, of people that show up just to shake hands with somebody and tell them thank you for what they've done, um, I, I think that probably would go throughout our, our entire department. But that's just the example that I know of right now. And to hear the testimony of folks about not just that they were a good cop, but they were a good friend, mm-hmm. that that explains why we've got such a good group of employees. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I really can see the next episode, having you back and talking yes. about the threads that go into other parts of the community and just some of these layers that we haven't gotten a chance to, mm-hmm. but no, we also explaining we're what an inland port yeah. is. Yeah, I, we hadn't yeah. even scratched the surface. No, we <laughs> haven't. Yeah, we don't haven't. understand that. Yeah. But but all three of us have been directly impacted in yes. a number of ways by the city and the efforts mm-hmm. of decades of of work and then some, yeah. and countless volunteers and and staff members yeah. that have have contributed to that, and and we're grateful. Yeah, and we're grateful yeah. for. Your leadership, and we definitely want to want to continue to unpack that if yeah. you're willing. Be glad to. Oh, that's great awesome. studio and great fellas. Thank great. y'all. Oh, we, we really did. appreciate it. We yes. did. We did. Well, thanks to our viewers and our listeners. We look forward to seeing you on our next episode.